Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnebly and Toff. JG, you may recall uh, an episode or two ago, I mentioned uh, my grade school cafeteria serving potato gems. They called instead of tater tots, and I thought it was maybe like a trademark thing. Mm-hmm. This morning, uh, we got an email, lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com, from a listener in Melbourne, Australia who said, hey, you guys, potato gems are still alive and kicking here in Australia. Cheers. And actually sent a photo of (laughs) a bird's eye brand Golden Crunch potato gems. Wow. Crunchy outside, fluffy inside. And now ever since I've seen this photo, all I I can think of is I got to get me some potato gems. That's... I got to get them all up in me. Yeah. God, they're so good. That's one of those foods that even if even if God and my doctor sat me down and said, <laughs> each potato gem is going to take a day off your life, I'd be, get the hell out of my face. I'm eating me some potato gems. It must be comforting to know that God and your doctor uh, have a close relationship. They speak regularly, I'm well, sure. Well, that's wonderful to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to yeah. have friends in high places, I guess. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and one of them takes insurance. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ironically, uh, my story this week is in your home, st- well, not your home state, but your current state. Confusion? <laughs> Very good. Uh, Crestview, Florida, which is in the panhandle. Mm-hmm. It's uh, January of this year, January 4th, actually, early in the morning. And the Okaloosa County, I'm guessing I'm pronouncing that right, Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office, gets a 911 call from a woman who lives just off of Highway 85, which is actually north of Crestview, Florida. And the 911 operator says, 911, what's your emergency? And the woman says, well, there's a man outside my front door, and he says he's been shot in the leg and he needs help. Hmm. Can you send someone to my house? So the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office sends a couple units to the house. And this is about the time that they start getting other phone calls from people on that street because people are noticing that something's out of the ordinary, namely that their cars 
or garages have been broken into. So the sheriff's office <clears throat> says later in a statement, a homeowner on Zach Avenue says she's discovered someone had broken into her car and taken her purse. And later, while watching a neighbor's surveillance video, that same homeowner sees the suspect on camera wearing her white <laughs> Sperry boots, which had been in her home's garage. Okay. Right. Now, this is a man, and I, we're not judging here, but he's wearing women's uh, Sperry boots. So he's a man, but he has tiny, dainty little feet. Tiny, dainty little feet. I wish they had said what size shoe her Sperry boots mm. were. He's also wearing some clothes that he had stolen from other people that morning. <laughs> but I just, I keep going back, because I actually Google, did a Google image search on white Sperry boots. And I have to say... This guy had to be pretty confident to think, yeah, I can carry this look off. <laughs> I, I can wear these white women's boots and look like, yeah, these are my new boots. You got a, You got an issue with that? A little confidence goes a long way. I don't think I could rock that look, but uh, this guy thought, yeah, I can make this work. So as, uh, as I said, this, the suspect has broken at this point into more than one person's car and or garage, and he was taking all kinds of things from these cars, including, wait for it, a gun. Uh-oh. What could go wrong? Mm. So he's got this gun on him, and he's continuing to break into other people's cars and, and garages. <laughs> I just picture him, this guy traipsing about a neighborhood in white Sperry boots, waving a 9 millimeter above his head. <laughs> I got some white boots, and now I got a Glock. <laughs> Anybody got an issue with that? No, yeah. sir. Maybe that's why he was confident in the Sperry boots, because he was heavily armed and no one was going to call him out on it. <laughs> a nine mil in your pocket will uh, will give you a little extra swagger to go with those, <laughs> those white boots. The suspect, it uh, turned out, was a gentleman named Justin McCall. And the sheriff's office said that, quote, in addition to stealing miscellaneous items from the vehicles he burglarized, McCall stole a firearm from an unsecured vehicle. He then proceeded to burglarize another vehicle with the stolen firearm in hand. While rummaging through that vehicle, McCall accidentally discharged the firearm <laughs> and shot himself in the leg. Mm -hmm. The act resulted in McCall pleading for help from the very person whose vehicle he had just burglarized. So... This woman who has called 911 to say, hey, there's a guy outside my, my house and he says he's been shot. She doesn't yet know that he has shot himself in the leg with her gun. Oh, man. She didn't realize it was her stolen gun that this guy had used to shoot himself in the leg. She left a loaded handgun in an unlocked car. Yeah. What state was this again? Your state of Florida. Wanted to make sure. So this is, I'm, I chose the story in part because I want to make you feel better about moving to, to another country. <laughs> Getting the hell out of Florida. Uh -huh. The cliche Florida man. Do you know, do they have such a thing as Ecuador man or Cuenca man? I'm sure that there's a version of that no matter where one lives. Probably. Stupidity is worldwide, my friend. It's true. It's a global phenomenon. I feel, though, for some reason, like Florida and Arizona seem to have more than their share of stories mm. like mm -hmm. this. 
So anyway, this woman, the, the 911 caller, didn't realize it was her stolen gun that this guy had used to shoot, <laughs> shoot himself in the leg. And I'm, I hope he didn't get any blood on those, on those white Sperry no, boots, because that would really... That's not coming you know, out. That's, that's not coming out easy. But this guy, this suspect, Justin McCall, had apparently been a busy bee. He had committed 13 separate crimes in relation to a series of automobile burglaries. Now, these had all occurred between late October of last year, 2022, and early January of this year. Wow. This is according to the Florida State Attorney's Office. So McCall gets rushed to the hospital for treatment. That was January 4th of this year. Still in his Sperry boots. Still in his white boots. <laughs> I'm wondering if he said on the gurney to the doctors in the ER, hey, uh, be careful with those boots. They're new. <laughs> well, they're new to me. They're pre-owned. They've been recently burgled. But I really find them fetching. And don't you think they go with this pair of jeans that I'm wearing? And this blood-stained smock? <laughs> <laughs> so an ensuing investigation conducted along with the Crestview Police Department found that the defendant, Justin McCall, had been captured by several home video surveillance cameras, all breaking into vehicles in that area. But that firearm theft that resulted in his, his injury was not the defendant's first he gets arrested the next day, and get this, at the time of his arrest for all those burglaries, he was already on probation for grand theft of a firearm, meaning he was what they call a prohibited possessor. He wasn't even supposed to have a gun. Wow. And he was also out on bond for two additional burglaries when he had fired that unlucky shot that finally found him out. Come to find... Mr. McCall has 13 felony guilty convictions since 2012, Whoa. all in Florida, including six for burglary and four for grand theft. So this guy is, as somebody once said, this, this guy was a bad dude. Mm -hmm. Now, he was expected to serve. He actually got sentenced to a full 20 years in March in the Florida Department of Corrections because Florida has something called a 1020 life, 10 to 20 to life statute. They take Sperry boot theft seriously here in this state. <laughs> Very seriously. If you, it's, it mandates a strict and lengthy prison sentence for felonies committed with the use of a gun. And to JG's point, I'm sure the, the additional charge of use of, of white Sperry boots <laughs> probably adds time mm -hmm. to that. But in this case, the defendant shooting himself in the leg appears to have been found by the judge to have triggered the statute. See what I did ah. there? <laughs> I'll play. works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> triggered. <laughs> Justin McCall, now doing 20 in the pokey for shooting himself in the leg and wearing white Sperry boots while he did it. Got this from lawandcrime.com. W-P-E-C-T-V and Mia.com. If he has any sense at all, he would not be wearing white Sperry boots while in prison. And I note that this is in January, and I think that whole thing about not wearing white until Memorial Day, yeah. he's, he was five months wow. Wow. early. He should have been locked up for that. That was bad enough. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. 
Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Introducing one of the most significant upgrades in GPS voice navigation. Hey, cool riding shotgun with you, dude. Let's light this candle. Famed Eagles singer and guitarist, Joe Walsh. I know, right? How cool is that? Get turn-by-turn directions like never before. Yeah, I think you want to make a right up here, man, or maybe it's a left. All in HD clarity. How's this like? No, wait. Oh, fuck me. We were supposed to turn back there. I am so sorry, man. So you'll understand everything he said. For the most part. Here's the thing about that restaurant we just passed. The owner's like a total douchebag, but his food is off the charts, man. You'll never use a regular GPS voice again. Yeah, I'm gonna sack out here for a bit. You know where you're headed, right? It's cool either way, man. The Joe Walsh GPS voice. He may be years sober, but he still sounds high as a kite. This trip always reminds me of that tour we did in the early 70s. I just don't remember anything about it. Use of the Joe Walsh GPS voice may lead to poor directions, misturns, and a strong desire to ingest cannabis and or alcohol. Do not listen to music while using Joe's voice as he may ask to turn the radio way too loud. Do not use the Joe Walsh voice while driving any motor vehicle. The Joe Walsh GPS voice. Bitchin' car, dude. They make these in any other colors celebrity voice impersonated our email address is lifeguard at shallow you can either write your email to us or if you want to record your story and send it to us as an audio file as an mp3 and we have a bunch of those that i haven't produced yet so i'll get to that but keep sending them in we'll get to all of them hopefully at some point we we really value the time that you've spent doing that it means an awful lot. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. This email comes to us from a woman named Nicole. I've always thought that was a really pretty name. It has almost a regal feel to it, doesn't it? It does. I have a, uh, a very dear friend named Nicole Scipione. And um, uh, I also think I've always had a thing for Nicole Kidman. So maybe that's... <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's part of the reason why I like the name Mm -hmm. Nicole. But anyway, I digress. Nicole writes, JG, Lindsay, and Kat, hello to my favorite podcast hosts who have never never heard a name they didn't love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guilty as charged. I have a story that I hope you guys will enjoy. I think it was about 20 years ago, and my uncle, who lived out of state, wanted to introduce his girlfriend to the family. They were on the flight to come visit when things went horribly wrong. 
At some point during the flight, the girl used the facilities but was miffed when, upon completion, the plane toilet wouldn't flush properly. After trying a few times, she decided she couldn't live with the potential embarrassment of leaving something (laughs) behind for a complete stranger to find. With no other options available, I might even say, JG, that I should have maybe prefaced this by saying trigger warning, (laughs) but it's too late now. With no other options available, she decided to wait for it, use her finger to push said remnants into obscurity. No, no, no. Bad, bad. Don't know. No. Bad. Yeah, I know. Too late. Too late. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed how airplane toilets work, but the bladed trap door is not a place you want near any dearly loved body parts. Oh, no. She was successful in moving the contents of the toilet to their forever home, but her finger was not so lucky to be out of sight before the trap door closed. This resulted in a significant injury with lots of blood and the plane. Oh, no. You know, the one she was worried about embarrassing herself on by leaving an unflushed toilet had to make an emergency landing so she could clean a wound that was most certainly rife with infection and get stitched up. Oh, my God. Can you believe this? Now, I know that may sound like the worst part of the story, (laughs) but if you remember... Following this unfortunate incident, she had to meet her boyfriend's entire family for the first time Uh and explain why their arrival was significantly delayed and she was sporting an injury that had to be kept elevated. She spent the whole visit with her finger in the air as a hilarious representation of what never to do in an airplane bathroom. Despite this dip in the shallowest of pools, she and my uncle ended up getting married She became a beloved member of the family and has remained in sufficiently deep waters ever since. (laughs) Thanks for all you do, bringing lighthearted laughter to some of the most ridiculously unfortunate circumstances. A listener from the very beginning, Nicole. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. That's both alarming and disturbing. It reminded me somewhat of your story uh, with uh, your pal Jeff in the (laughs) hotel room. Yeah. Somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, wasn't it? <laughs> You're talking about the, the towel it? rack incident? The towel rack in uh, the hotel yeah. bathroom? Yeah, we were staying at a hotel and, uh, you know, I, I think we were eating Indian food. And so I went into the uh, <laughs> restroom, as one does take care after of business. eating large quantities of Indian food. And so I'm in there and, uh, yeah, so I clogged the toilet and nothing goes down. <sighs> There's no plunger. There's nothing that I, my biggest fear, I've got to call housekeeping and say, yeah, yeah. I destroyed your porcelain facility and uh, come look at my poop. But JG is a resourceful man. I MacGyvered the shit out of that. Uh, literally, what I did was. <laughs> Take note, kids, because you might need this someday. I disassembled the towel rack and I was able to push the contents around enough so that the uh, the toilet finally grabbed and, and emptied. And then I took the towel rack and I washed it in hot water and I had some alcohol pads. So I, I wiped it down with alcohol and then re- reassembled the towel bar and placed the towels back in. And no one was the wiser. I live with that shame every day. <laughs> Did you come out of the bathroom 
probably what 90 minutes later and, <laughs> it was a, and explained it was to jeff while. why you were a little longer than planned yeah yeah, yeah. he didn't believe me he still doesn't believe me but uh it's 100 percent true oh mm-hmm. good times the hotel towel bar mm-hmm. story when johan rawl received the letter on christmas day 1776 he put it away to read later maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside but what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Raw lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered what really happened to Amelia Earhart or the lost colony of Roanoke? Do you ever find yourself scouring the internet for vicious Victorians and their murders by gaslight? Or perhaps you're just sick and tired of women being constantly misrepresented or plain lied about throughout history? If so, join me, Katie Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books on Who Did What Now? The history podcast that's not your history class. Part of the Area of Media Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, au revoir, au revoir, zen, my friends. Bye bye. I'll be seeing you. This is your friendly lifeguard with a public service announcement. Stay out of the fucking deep end. You're in the shallow end with Schnappley and Toss. JG, I believe from listening to the previous 55 episodes that now you go next. Am I starting to detect a pattern? It's the pattern. Yeah. And it's interesting that your story takes place in Florida because my story takes place in Florida, in Tampa Bay, in fact. Perfect. Perfect. An ordinary suburban home turned into an unlikely scene of an extraordinary crime saga uh, involving an expensive barbecue grill an apologetic thief, and a Tampa Bay Buccaneers football game. Wow. There's a lot going on here. It was a sunny Sunday afternoon in Tampa, and homeowners Richard and Marjorie Watson were dismayed to discover that their prized Weber Genesis II, a top-of-the-line gas grill, had been removed from their backyard, from their uh, patio area. Despite initial police reports, the prospects of retrieving such a popular high-ticket item seemed, well, bleak. A week after the Watsons discovered their grill missing, an unexpected sight greeted them on the following Sunday morning. Okay. Richard strolled into the backyard. It was his, due, his day to pick up the dog dew in the backyard, water the roses, and uh, wow, his Weber Genesis 2 was back. What? The grill had been quietly returned to its original spot, almost as though it had never been absent. What the heck? The returned grill was in an impeccable state. It had been cleaned and polished 
and even the gas tank had been uh, completely topped up. It appeared as though the thief or thieves, it probably was more than one because it's a big, a big thing, had treated it with the same level of respect that the Watsons themselves did. How sweet is that? The observation elicited a mixture of emotions, both relief and in a sense of disorientation, I would imagine. Their their (laughs) grill had gone on an unplanned adventure. I can imagine. Only to return as pristine as ever, leaving the couple, um, well, a, a little bit bewildered. What was this all about? So he opened up the grill, and inside was an envelope. And there was a note. Okay. Carefully handwritten, confessing the theft and explaining the unusual circumstances. Quote, it said, I needed it for a big family gathering and had no other option. Now, on reading this, Marjorie's huh. initial shock gave way to a strange understanding. Okay, yeah, probably not the coolest way to do it, but they hadn't stolen it out of greed. It was a necessity thing. And while it does not justify the act, of course, it did kind of paint the situation in a different light. Well, the fact that, that they actually took the time to yeah. clean it up, to uh, top off the propane. And then to leave a note, right? Yeah. But that was not the only gesture. To add to the surprise, in the envelope were a pair of tickets to the next Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. As a little thank you. (laughs) Wow. They're actually coming out ahead here. Lifelong Buccaneers fans, of course. (laughs) The couple who isn't in Tampa Bay, they decided to attend. They had their grill back, along with an apologetic note. And now they were off to see a Buccaneers game. As the final whistle blew at Raymond James Stadium, signifying a triumphant win for the Buccaneers, Richard and Marjorie found themselves basking in uh, collective euphoria. If I were them, I would think, you know what? Our team won. We're in a great mood. Let's go home and grill grill some burgers. So as they pulled into their driveway, the Watsons were met with a, well, an ominous sight. Their front door was ajar. Their cozy suburban home had been plundered. Oh. Stepping inside of their house... A chilling silence replaced their earlier jubilation. Every room, once meticulously organized, was now in a state of havoc. Furniture was overturned. Cupboards were flung open. Their personal belongings scattered all about. And a lot of their more valuable antiques and electronic equipment were missing. They had been set up. So they navigated through this chaos and discovered that uh, the intruders had left almost no stone Unturned from the master bedroom to the home office, every space bore marks of an aggressive search. I don't know what they were looking for, precious family heirlooms, perhaps, but they did find, along with other things, some money that had been tucked aside for their grandchildren's education, along with important documents. Those were missing, as well as the electronics and uh, some jewelry and some pretty expensive antique furniture pieces that they had collected over the years. But what pained the Watsons the most was the invasion of their personal space. Have you ever been burgled, Linz? Uh No, I'll, I've had my mm. car broken into a couple times. And, and that, that yeah. feeling alone, uh, that violation uh, and sense of security and trust is, uh, yeah, that's, that's difficult. Somebody broke into my apartment once. A long, long, long time ago, I came, I came home and noticed that my door was ajar. And I thought, that's weird. I didn't think that I had been burglarized. I thought, huh, I must have forgotten to close the door. And I went in and all my cupboards were flung open and sofa cushions turned over. And the only thing that was stolen was a six pack of beer out of my fridge. Really? 
Well, I was poor, and it was in the early stages of my career. There was nothing of any value there. What city was this? This was in Caribou, Maine. Okay. Not far from Loring Air Force Base. Are you suggesting it was an Air Force? No, I I think it was just kids. So the couple gets on the phone, they call the police, and as they wait for police, a haunting question echoed in their minds. Were we set up? Is this really what happened? They were shocked. The police had been notified and were on their way. And meanwhile, unbeknownst to uh, Richard and Marjorie, a mere block from their house, the criminals responsible for their misery were having their own brush with fate. (laughs) See, they had actually stolen the moving truck that they used to steal the furniture. And wasn't exactly a getaway car. Um, The thieves had planned on a swift escape, I'm sure, blending into the darkness of the night. However, just as they were congratulating themselves on their ill-gotten haul, the truck sputtered and groaned and came to a standstill one block from the house. (laughs) Under the soft glow of the streetlight, panic set in. They attempted to restart the truck, but it was clear their getaway vehicle had given up on them. Oh, boy. So sad. Tampa Bay police were quick to respond, having already been acquainted with the Watsons due to the previous grill theft. Of course. As uh, the squad car approached their block, officers noticed a stalled truck, a suspicious figure, an otherwise quiet night. So they decided to investigate. They cautiously approached the truck. Their years of training alerted them to the abnormality of the situation as they shone their flashlights into the back of the vehicle. The sight that greeted them was, uh, well, all of the Watson's stuff. The thieves were caught red-handed. Their grand escape had collapsed spectacularly. So they steal this truck. They rob these people. And then the truck they stole broke down one block from their house. Isn't that delicious? And then the police (laughs) were reporting to the theft. Oh, just happened upon them. I love this story. The suspects are now in custody awaiting trial. As for the Watsons, they're just happy to have their belongings back and perhaps an unforgettable story to uh, to tell at their next barbecue. I don't know. Hey, you see this grill? Oh, let me tell you the backstory. <clears throat> see, that was going to be my, my question was, did the thieves take the grill a second time? Great question. It didn't say in the article. Yeah, probably not. They were just using that as the first... Uh, as the excuse. As the excuse the to uh, get him out of the house. And that's pretty smart yeah. when you think about it. When you first mentioned the tickets, I thought, what would I do in a situation like that? After seeing the story, now I'd be Im- immediately suspicious. And what I would do is move all of my vehicles and pretend that I have gone to the game and just stake it out. Yeah, call the police. Call the police and let them know. Anyway. Happy ending, more or less. A few things damaged, but they got all their stuff back. And they got to see a Buccaneers game. And the Buccaneers won. And they did win. Cool beans. We always love hearing from you guys as often as possible. And again, our email is lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. Feel free to send us your story suggestions, your uh, comments, anything at all. Your barbecue recipes. Barbecue recipes? If you have photos of uh, potato gems... And you live in another land? <laughs> Please send that. Can't have too many photos of potato gems. From down under. Of course, if you want to send some, some potato gems, <laughs> you'd be welcome to ship those as well. <laughs> we appreciate you listening to episode 56 of The Shallow End. And we'll see you next time. Remember, make good choices. Your life might depend on it. <laughs>
So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebly and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. Okay, you gotta go. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Cheers!